0: Hello, and thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Community Church Sermon Podcast. My name is Caleb. I'm the production director here, and I'm so excited that we get to continue to bring these awesome sermons to you in this time. Today, you're going to hear things a little bit differently as we are streaming all of our services online, so you're just going to hear lead pastor Logan Beardsley starting off our new series in Mark called Son of God. We hope you enjoy the service. If So you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Cornerstone Show. Thanks. At this point, if you have uh, your Bible or on your phone, I just want to encourage you to open up with me to Mark 1, verses 1 through 13. chapter One of the uh, traditions uh, that we have at Cornerstone, um, right before the sermon, is uh, we do the reading of Scripture, whatever is being taught that week. Um, And during the reading of Scripture, we stand for the reading of Scripture. Uh, Just a sign of uh, us having a posture uh, of reverence and also of uh just ex- expectation um for god's word to know that we believe that scripture all scripture is god brief that it is inspired and authoritative and without error in the original language and, and and we want to with all of our hearts learn from it so if you could please stand with me uh for the reading of scripture and i would also encourage you uh After the reading of Scripture, uh, I will declare this is the word of the Lord. And if you want to just repeat back, thanks be to God, or if you want to even comment back, thanks be to God, you are welcome to. um, And as just a part of our interaction as a church. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came down from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. The spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me have a seat and would you pray with me? Lord, just that song is kind of on repeat in my head right now. You're bigger than I thought you were. Lord, right now in this moment, as we learn from your word, as we learn from this gospel account of your story of the son of God, I pray, Lord, that that experience, that encounter of coming to realize that you are bigger than we thought you were. And even in the midst of isolation, even in the midst of fear, even in the midst of our wilderness, God, I pray Lord Jesus, that you would make yourself known that you would be so tangible that we would not help, but sing of your faithfulness at the end. Lord, I just want to invite you to speak. I pray, Lord, please guard my mouth against saying anything that is not from you. Not, no agendas, no selfish ambition or vain conceit. We just want to hear from you. And I pray that your spirit will anoint me with your word. And God, speak to our family. Speak to your church. We are listening. We pray this together in the name of Jesus, our King and our Savior. Amen. So this morning, uh, as I was thinking about what to share, our plan uh, before all the virus hit and everything was going on was during the Easter season to work our way through the book of Mark. I love having Easter uh, be this e- encounter where after, after reading from the life of Jesus in one of the gospels, we get to resurrection Sunday and get to ha- truly have this experience and truly get this, to have this revelation of who God is. And so uh, that was the plan. And then as I was preparing for this Sunday and thinking about Mark and reading this passage in God's providence, I think that it's exactly the word that we need to hear today. For sure for me it's interesting the book of mark uh, it opens up the context of this is uh, 400 years of waiting the people if you look at the Malachi, the book ends with this prophecy of one who will come to prepare the way and then there's this four hundred years of waiting, and then the way that the waiting happens is so interesting. it's 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 the people are in literally the wilderness. And then we were going to read, we're going to see a whole bunch of references to the wilderness. And that's what I'm going to want to really focus on with you this morning together. This idea of living in a wilderness. Living in the wilderness. Now, when I talk about wilderness, I'm not talking about going off into, you know, on a, on a road trip or, you know, going up to Yosemite. I'm talking about the wilderness in Bible times was the desert, was isolation. And it oftentimes, almost always was a time of learning and growing and a time where where, where, where God's people had things to learn. And in this passage, I think that the audience that is actually listening to this is in the wilderness as they read this. You see, Mark was a scribe who was most likely, most of the historians believe that Peter, the apostle, told the gospel account of Jesus to Mark. And Mark wrote down, so this is in essence, Peter's account. And what's interesting is at at the time of this writing, most likely Peter was on his way to being executed. Maybe even this is right after his execution. And so the people that are reading this are asking themselves, who is Jesus? Is this legit? Is he really the son of God? Did he really die and resurrect to the point that Peter is willing to be executed for this? To the point that his followers are in this wilderness, asking, "Is this the way?" And I think it's not hard to connect the wilderness to where we are at right now. For some of us, maybe you know being in isolation, if you're like me and you have five children uh, the, I, it, it, the wilderness is not a time of uh, loneliness or not a time of of being by yourself it's I, it's 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 a chaos it's it, it's a time uh, of being a homeschool family now or or learning about what it is to to have all of our family in the house it's it's so fun and also exhausting or maybe you're on the other end and you're are isolated all by yourself and you would long for a family to be with you and to be put in isolation is terrifying. I know for some of us, uh, I've been seeing memes all over Twitter uh, that, that relate to this. I'm just loving all the memes right now. That's like my, my joy in the wilderness. And one of them uh, was a, an introverted friend of mine who said, when you find out that your normal daily lifestyle is quarantine, it's like, yeah. This is what I live for, right? For some people to say, I've been training for this isolation my entire life. But if you're like an extrovert, this is torture. You long for people to go out. I saw one person tweet. They said, I have stocked up enough non-perishable food and supplies to last me for months, maybe years, so that I can remain in isolation for as long as it takes for this pandemic. Day one. Plus forty five minutes. I am in the supermarket because I wanted Twix. That <laughs> wanted interaction. I call. I was making some phone calls today, and I can't tell you how many people I called uh, that 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 were out at the grocery store just to get out and be with people. We long for this, and so for many of us in the wilderness, this is torture. And we're forced to deal with our own thoughts. And for some of us, we didn't need isolation to already be in the wilderness. Maybe you are in broken relationships. Maybe your finances, maybe you, you, know, you have some struggles, whatever it may be. You didn't need this to happen to, to already know that I am in a wilderness. And in that, as you think through whatever your wilderness may be, whether it's isolation, depression, most likely some form of fear and anxiousness about our future, about our health. The word that I think God is giving us this morning, first, as we look at this text, as we think about living in a wilderness is this, God, hear this, is working in the wilderness. God is working in, In the wilderness. He is working in the wilderness. And how does he work? I think we see three ways that he is working in your wilderness. First, he's preparing you for his way. He's preparing you for his way. We can see in this text, this language of preparation. And if we know anything, what is so interesting about this passage is you have this character named John the Baptist, the one that was prophesied about that would prepare the way. And this character is, he is sent in the wilderness by God to learn and to grow and and to be taught by God and to prepare him to prepare the way. And in this wilderness, he is going out into this desert wilderness and there's this point called the Jordan River and between the wilderness and the promised land, the, the, the land that God promised his people was the Jordan River. And if you've been reading through uh, with us through Exodus and you know the story of the people, you know that when God brought them out of Egypt, in out of captivity and into his promise, the people spent 40 years in the wilderness being directed, being led by God. And in those 40 years in the wilderness, God was teaching them. He was preparing them for his way. He was giving them the 10 commandments and teaching them about what it means to be in a relationship with him. And there's this point in the history of the, of the Israelite people When they come and they're about to come into the promised land, they're about to enter into God's way, into God's promise. They have to cross this Jordan River. There's this miraculous story of of God leading his people through the river. And once again, the water's parting, and God leading his people through. And you have to be going from the wilderness into the promised land. But there is a preparing for his way. There does seem to be a work that God is doing here. And isn't that important for us as we think about our wilderness to know that God is working and he's probably preparing us for something. He's preparing us for his way. He's working in us. And so we can see here that it tells us that John came As one to prepare the way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. I also think in here, not only do we know that God is preparing you for his way in the wilderness. Also, he is here this refining your character, refining your character. It seems that to get from the wilderness to the promised land, the people must go through the Jordan, and there is baptism happening in the Jordan. And the baptism that is happening is this ritual that the people had, where they would it would be cleansing, and there would be. It tells us uh, that 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 there's it's a baptism in verse four of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repentance is the people saying, "I need," I, I confess my issues, my sin, my anxiousness, myself, and I turn to you, Lord, and I trust that you are going to forgive me and cleanse me. And so I will be washed in the, in the Jordan River as a sign of what you're doing in my heart. And truly this idea of repentance, it is about turning from ourselves. I truly believe that this idea of confessing our sin of repenting is rooted in our pride is rooted in our, my narcissism. And I, this has been, I think really a a true revelation for me during this wilderness time. I've really come to recognize that I have way more pride issues and way more Messiah complexes, than I thought. And God has been teaching me that I got to lean into him, that I got to confess my own pride, my own sin, my own selfish desires, my own need for people to think that I got this, that I, that, that I have it all together because truly we don't. And so there's this idea of refining me, In scripture, it talks about refining in the fire. It talks about how in in fire you are refined into something that is precious. And so as you think about your wilderness, as you think about this time, this wilderness space, I find comfort in knowing that God is working. He's preparing us for something and he's refining our character. Who we are drawing us closer to him. And that's a really important point to recognize. It's important to to see that. That there's work to be done, but in this passage, what I want you to recognize is as the people are coming into the Jordan from the wilderness, wanting to be prepared for the God's way, for his promise, there's this baptism that represents going from this place to this place, going from wilderness to promised land. And what's interesting though, is the water in this passage is not good enough. The physical washing is not good enough. John the Baptist here, he says this. He says, after me comes one, in verse 7, who is mightier than I. The strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and tie. He says, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. What it's doing here also is as we're reading this and understanding this and starting to feel maybe like there's no way out of the wilderness. I can't make it out of the wilderness. There seems to be nothing that I can do about my position and my place and my struggles and my work and whatever that may be. I, I just seem to not be able to get myself from here to here. I'm dying. I'm stuck. In the wilderness. And I think in this passage, God is reminding you. He's reminding me in the wilderness. Hear this, that you need him. That you need him. That you need one who washes with something greater than the water. That you recognize that there's something about who I am and my sin That needs something more than just a bath in the Jordan River. And even the picture of baptism. Of dying. And being reborn. We see happening in this Jordan River. There truly needs to be something that is killed within me. and Resurrected. And as we read this, I think we want to feel the tension. We want to join the early readers of the church. We want to join the Jewish readers who've been waiting 400 years for their Messiah, who have John the Baptist show up and say, the Son of God is coming, the Messiah is coming, and and, and this water's not good enough. And enter verse 9. And enter verse 9. We recognize in Isaiah 64, verse 6, we have all become like one who is unclean. And all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. In other words, even the best things that we do don't make us clean. The best things that we do cannot get us from the wilderness into God's way. And then, with that tension, with that hopelessness, that desperation, would you just read verse 9 through 11 with me? In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John. In the Jordan and when he came up out of the water immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son with you i am well please you see friends as you as you recognize that god is working in the wilderness as we recognize that there is work to be wil- to to be done in the wilderness that there's preparation that there's refining that there's reminding in all of that please understand here That Jesus came to the wilderness. That Jesus came to the wilderness. Jesus comes to your wilderness and my wilderness. And So as you think about this, what Mark is wanting us, the reader, to know as we ask these questions, who is Jesus? Did this really happen as you think about this with me? John wants us to know two things. First, Jesus was from Nazareth. In other places, Nazareth was not the typical place that a, 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 a king would come, that a warrior would come, that a savior would come. One person said, who could come out of Nazareth? It's like when the 49ers got Richard Sherman. I thought, who, why did you pick up this guy? could come out of the Seahawks? You're welcome, Pastor Doug. And as Mark is telling us here, he's telling us that Jesus was a very real person who had flesh and blood, who had fingernails, who had to eat and sleep, who came and dwelt among us fully man, fully man, but also fully God. Mark wants, he's sharing this story, giving his premise to say that Jesus was the son of God. We may ask this question, what does this mean? When Jesus came to the wilderness, we recognize why did he come to the wilderness? How did he come to the wilderness? Hear this, he came to the wilderness, perfectly fit to save us perfectly fit to save us we needed someone to be baptized literally to die in the jordan and to resurrect to bring us from death to life we needed a perfect sacrifice to identify some people ask the question why was jesus baptized he had no sin to repent of he was perfect The baptism was about identification with my sin. It was about identification with my wilderness, with my desperation. And so when Jesus came and dwelt among us in this moment, he is saying, I identify with Logan. I identify with you. Insert your name right here. And I'm coming to save you. He who became no sin. He who did not sin became sin so that we could become children of God. A Wonderful, beautiful thing. And it was perfect. You see God show up and say, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. God says, yes, he can bring us from the wilderness to his way. He is the answer to the question. The answer to my Problems, And it's not just okay. It's like the AT&T commercials, right? Just okay is not okay. I love those commercials. This is when Jesus enters in, he is perfect. Absolutely perfect. And he was perfectly fit to save us. But hear this also. He also was purposely sent to, To show us that he can. He was purposely sent to show us, to show me that you can. You would think as you read this passage, as you think about, awesome, he is here. He is going to go and take over Rome. He is going to lead a rebellion. He is going to rule the world and teach the world his ways. And everyone is going to love each other. And there'll be total peace and total harmony. And all the bad guys will be put in their place and all the good guys will be put in their place and there will be justice and mercy will rain down and it'll be incredible. I'm ready, Jesus, let's go. And what does Jesus do? Where does the Lord send him? It says this, the spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. You see, Jesus was the perfect fit, but he also wanted to show us that he was the perfect fit. If you know the story, when the people were in the wilderness for 40 years, they failed. In the wilderness, ultimately, we fall. We serve other gods. We sin against the Lord. And in this moment, Jesus, if you go and read the account in Matthew or the other places that talk about the temptation, he kills it. He literally defeats Satan and Satan comes and tempts him and Jesus declares uh, God's word over him and, and Satan has to leave him. He has no authority over him. Jesus is the one who would come who would crush Satan. And so he is demonstrating to us in the wilderness, not only is he perfectly fit to show us as we read about him, as we we listen to him, as we watch him here on earth in this gospel account, we can see what it looks like. We can see the perfect example for us in the wilderness. And so I'm just so excited. That's why I'm so excited that we're reading through the book of Mark. I would just encourage you to get on our website, download the reading plan and read through Mark with us. We have such an awesome opportunity right now to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn together. And over the next four weeks, I just hope that as we learn and as we ask these questions about the significance of Jesus being the son of God, and maybe you're watching and you're, curious and doubtful i just want you to hear welcome i want you to i want to invite you invite your curiosity invite your questions to read and ask and seize this opportunity because truly as we ask this question for us right now as we ask how do i live in this wilderness How do I live in this wilderness? How can I do this? I think that there's three responses for us in light of this. First, friends, we must embrace this opportunity. We must embrace this opportunity. This is one of the most unique opportunities we've ever seen. So we embrace it. Another favorite meme of mine uh, talks about this opportunity uh, right now with no sports. Me and my boys are going crazy. We wanna watch spring training, we wanna watch basketball. Uh, I love this it says, uh, Day three without sports. I found a lady sitting on my couch yesterday. Apparently, she's my wife. She seems nice. <laughs> Now, hopefully it's not that bad, but there is truly opportunity with this for us. There's opportunity right now as you're sitting in your home in this space. Could you just look around? Maybe look around and don't see a prison, but see a sanctuary. Maybe look around and don't see fellow inmates, but see a family. See opportunity for growth. See opportunity for reflection. See opportunity to look back with fond memories at this. At a wilderness time when God was working right now. So in your space, in your isolation, let that be a sanctuary. Because remember, Jesus came into the wilderness. You may not be able to go out right now, but Jesus comes in here that it tells us in Romans eight twenty eight. tells us this, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. God's in this. We got to believe this. So as we ask this question, how do I live in the wilderness? Embrace this opportunity, but also hear this draw near to Jesus and receive his grace. Draw near to Jesus and receive his grace. As I think about Jesus being in the wilderness perfectly, living perfectly, that should give me comfort. The author of Hebrews said this, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, with our struggles, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence, here it is, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. This is a time of need. But may we not miss the truth that God is with us, among us, in the person of Jesus. That Jesus came into our wilderness to save us and to show us what it looks like to live his kingdom. And finally, as you think about this, church, Friends, we embrace this opportunity. We draw near, but also hear this, resist the paralysis and do what Jesus tells you. Resist the paralysis and do what Jesus tells you. It can be easy here to feel paralysis, to get on Twitter or Facebook or watch the news for 10 hours straight to fall into fear and anxiety and anxiousness. But that's just not what Jesus tells us to do. We should be careful. We should be preparation. We should should be prepared. We should wash our hands. We should be sanitary. But listen to this church. Jesus told his people the way that we love others is not just washing our hands. It's washing other people's feet. He said this to his people. He says, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So we got to ask our que- question, our, ourselves this question in this opportunity, in this time, as we draw near to God and as we listen, as we learn from his word, as we think about this in isolation, we ask ourselves this question, how do I love how do I love those that I cannot be in contact with? And we have some ideas that on, on the website of ways to, to serve, of ways to, to speak into people. But I just want to encourage you. Ask the Lord to speak into that. You could call that person. You could email that person. You could text that person. You could write a note to that person. You could give to that to that organization, whatever this may be right now in this moment. As you think about this, we must be a people that hear the word and do what it says. And we got to be creative and thoughtful and ready. Because we are in a wilderness. But God takes us from the wilderness into his promised land. And his promised land is his presence. So embrace that. Tells us in Lamentations 3.22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. This is what God's people do. This is what we do. We stand and embrace the opportunity. We draw near to Jesus, and we resist that paralysis and listen to his ways and walk in his ways. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just ask, Lord, right now in this moment, that you would continue to encourage. That you would speak, inspire, strengthen, encourage every single person watching this. God, this question, who you are, I just pray, God, that you would be revealed. And Lord, we declare we need you. We pray for our world we pray for our country we pray for our state and our city and our neighbors God we pray that you would do healing that you would continue to be with our doctors and our nurses and our workers and everybody that is involved with our president Lord we just pray God that you would speak that you would continue to lead continue to protect and continue to show us your ways we know God you are here you are working in this place you are on the throne you are faithful you are bigger you are stronger so we sing of that together and we reflect of that on that together and we just invite you let me pray this in the name of jesus our savior and our king who came into our wilderness amen